A lone candle flickers in the corner of a darkened room. The air in the brightly colored tent is thick with a potent incense that floats visibly in the form of smoke. A visage of a cloaked woman is illuminated as she walks into the light of the burning candle. Ziana Zikelski pinches out the last light in her tent and tucks away her box of counted coins. She pauses, knelt over a secret pile of wares where she hides her box and stares towards the canvas tent wall. Mr. Short, it is very late and I am closed for the evening. Behind her, sitting at the table, sits a disheveled, worn-out Urkel, looking nervous. He reaches inside his jacket and pulls out a completely filled coin pouch. He tosses it onto the table. It's... it's everything I have. You claim to know everything. Tell me how to get out of this. Ziana rises and gracefully sits down at the under end of the table. Mr. Short, the cards have revealed themselves to you. I have nothing left to share. The future has been laid out before you. What you do with that knowledge is within your hands. Listen, Varician. Urkel rises from his seat and leans over the table towards Ziana. There is enough gold here to change your life. This is the last time I ask nicely. What do I do? Where do I go from here? There are... There are people out there that want to kill me. A sudden sweep of wind fills the tent as a dozen Varician scarves are lifted and spin around Ziana in a torrent. Do not threaten me, Master Half-Orc. Keep your money. I have no use for it. Leave immediately. Urkel reels backwards, falling to the ground at the base of the table. Ziana's angry expression slowly dissolves, and the scarves fall to the tent floor. Urkel stands and dusts off his clothes. Mr. Short, if you live the rest of your life looking over your shoulder, waiting for consequences to arrive, you will have lost sight of all the opportunities that sit before you. You might even find you have friends willing to help with your situation. Urkel pauses, collects his coin purse, and makes for the door. But be warned, Mr. Short. Relationships are as delicate as glass. Urkel turns and meets eyes with Ziana, and then hurries out into the dark town square. Blackout. Attention! 
I need your attention for two minutes. There are some very important announcements that we need to make this week. You do not want to skip ahead on this one. I'm telling myself this because I skip my own announcements all the time. Listen up. First off, two streams this week on our wonderful, wonderful Twitch channel. Give us a follow on Twitch if you haven't done so already. We are going to have Chance and Hannah back uh, for episode four of The Walking Dead. This week, Wednesday, 7 o'clock Central Time, 7 p.m. Central Time. Join them there. I will also be painting miniatures this week, Thursday, 7.30 Central Time. Uh, very excited for that. Excited to jump back in and paint some minis. Uh, both of those streams, go check them out. They are very, very, very good times, and we'd love to chat with you all on those streams. The big announcement for this week is an actual solidified date, a name, and a guest list for our charity one-shot that will be happening here in the next month or so. Mark your calendars, everyone. For October 3rd, time to be announced at a later date. We're still trying to figure out stuff. We have a couple people playing from the West Coast in Pacific Standard Time and folks playing on the East Coast. So we're trying to make sure that everybody gets their their time slot figured out. But it will be a Saturday, October 3rd. And ladies and gentlemen, we are happy to announce our one shot titled Red Contract 498. You can catch Red Contract here. Again, October 3rd, times to be announced at a later date. Our guest list, we are going to have our resident rules lawyer, Chance Gowan, from the Basically Good Podcast, our GM. Silas Hall will be joining as a player. Ronnie Clemens will be joining as a player, two folks that you are very familiar with. And then we have two new guests joining us. For those of you who watched Chance and Hannah play through Firewatch... On Twitch, you will recognize this person as the voice of Delilah. That is right, everybody. We have Sissy Jones joining us October 3rd as a player, as well as bringing on a dear friend of hers, a film producer, a video game producer. Myla Barrows will be joining us as well. Ladies and gentlemen, we are so excited to have such amazing people joining us for a charity one-shot. That's right. It will be another charity one-shot. We are solidifying which charity we're going through. We're trying to find one that's compatible with Tiltify and also matches the theme and makes sense for what we're actually going to be doing. Um, Red Contract. Uh, posters will be will be coming out here shortly, um, just just over the course of this week. Uh, shared on all Instagram, Twitter, with more details uh, and and a hint at the theme. Um, it is going to be pretty intense. We are very excited. Lots of good RP. Lots of incredible, tricky, smart combat opportunities. We're really excited to see how this one's going to turn out. Mark your calendars, October third. It's going to be a night to remember. That is all the announcements I have for this evening. Please enjoy the next episode of the Basically Good Podcast. We are going to open up episode 30, and we are going to travel and pan over to a familiar little cottage in the town of Breach Hill, and we pan through the familiar window and we see a distraught Urkel kind of pacing in 
Tiberius Ulfnod's house. And coming from a hallway, we see Warble walk out and says, You may see him now. He's still asleep. And I reckon he'll still be sleeping for a week or so. He needs a lot of time to recover, but his heart is still strong. Thank you so much for coming by and and for doing everything you can. Not usually this nervous, but I appreciate appreciate you being here. Of course. I'll check on him every day. Thank you. She kind of waddles out the door. (laughs) (laughs) Waddle. Wet wet socks waddle. Wet socks. (laughs) Urkel kind of shows um, her out and then um, goes to his father's room and slowly opens the door and enters... The room. Yeah, Urkel enters um, very cozy, elaborate bedroom, uh, and there, in like a king-size bed, uh, you see on one side of it, uh, laying is uh, Tiberius. the The covers or pelts, or whatever, are kind of pulled down, um, and you see. Just bare chest, just kind of like with all his scars from past wounds. Um, but you see, he's kind of bandaged up from like a shoulder crosses like around his uh, left left side of his chest. Is he asleep? Yeah, he's yeah, he's passed out. Okay. Um, is there like a chair or something in there? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Urkel will like quietly go and sit in the in the chair and just kind of um, I think he sits for a long time I think he sits for for five ten minutes and just is, is quiet with with his dad for a moment and if he's still sleeping um, we'll pipe up and just say you still pack quite a punch dad I'm so, yeah, I was very impressed honestly I wasn't expecting <laughs> such such power to still be at your side and I don't know if I should apologize or or not apologize. I just didn't want you to take it easy on me. Me and um, me and my grouper were leaving today. We're going somewhere, and we don't really know when. Well, we don't really know when we'll be back. Dad, I 
sorry. I'm sorry if I was the reason this happened. I'm sorry for... for the way that I treated you. And I don't know if you'll, you can hear me or if you'll remember this, but... I did a really bad thing. I... I think I have people coming for me. And I... I... wish you were awake to tell me what to do. I don't know how to tell my friends. I don't know how to tell... I don't know how to talk about it. I don't know if leaving's the right thing to do, but... I think it'll be good to to lie low for a little bit. And I'm scared. And I'm not usually scared. God, I wish you were. I wish you were awake. You always know what to say, and stupid times like this and, and maybe even it just if you would make make a joke or something about how you'd just help me fight off whoever was coming for me but I don't know I just thanks for listening dad Thanks for everything. And I'll be back. I'll... I'll see you soon. And, and when I come back, it'll be better and we can maybe crack out some of that good stuff again. I... And he stands up out of the chair and he puts his hand on his dad's shoulder and he says, I love you, Dad. I love you. Rest now, and, and I'll see you soon. And I think with that, he just puts his coat on, grabs his cane, and walks out. All right. We pan and follow Urkel out the front door. And then we're going to go a separate way as he walks through town and we're going to chance can we have a happy scene yeah <laughs> but like damn though yeah, that, that was amazing yeah <laughs> to type, good, fuck though. you for yeah. making me cry again. yeah <laughs> no. that's super good oh no yeah Every no silas is right happy scene happy scene <laughs> we are we're gonna pan and we're going to go through the breach hill streets until we reach the crimson tide woods and we're gonna go deeper into the woods until we come across a familiar little cave where we see Aaron entering oh. the men of the cloth cave Ooh. cool we watch as Aaron kind of walks in to the very hazy smoky little hideout 
And as Aaron enters, you see there is but one person inside. And it is the un- unnamed, uh, <laughs> no one knows his name, uh, but it oh, is shoot. the spiral masked man. And you see he is... Uh, Obito. He's wearing his... <laughs> uh, yeah, copyright on my part, even though I haven't seen the show. So, uh, <laughs> But there is a man in crimson robes sitting down on some pillows next to a hookah. And uh, yes, he has a mask on. And then it is a kaleidoscope of colors and geometrical kind of shapes. I, I said it's a spiral... And it is a spiral of different colors, but I'll also like to imagine that there are um, different kinds of materials and shapes. Like it's just a conglomerate of, of stuff, you know, illusion. Yeah. Um, almost like glamour. The, yeah, uh, almost like the inside of like a like when you break open one of those uh, rocks, you know, like a geode. Yeah. Kinda, geode. Kind of crazy. Yeah. Oh, so you're just wearing mask. a geode. Yeah. He's wearing a geode for a mask. It's not actually right. a spiral. I uh, but, <laughs> but uh but yeah you you guys uh or sorry you guys Aaron you walk in and you see this man uh and he is just kind of sitting there and he says ah brother Aaron you've come back to the fold is that the name of the cave sure <laughs> it could be whatever you want <laughs> Okay, I'll call it the fold. Um, I. What do I call you? <laughs> he chuckles. Mr. Mask? He says, you may call me Brother Rowan. Brother Rowan. Um, Brother Rowan, when we were here not too long ago, you spoke of honing your ability to see recently I was deceived by by somebody that I thought was a friend but I'm afraid I was just used I want to learn to see to have clarity Didn't you say that learning what isn't real through illusions would help us understand what is? Yes. Yes, I have studied the art of creating illusions so that I may see through the illusions of this life. And it takes many years and hard dedication to gain the sight that I possess. And you will eventually learn, if you pursue this, that it is not just sight, but all of the senses to be able to perceive through the mysteries of this world. But yes, I can teach you many things. I can teach you to see things that are not there. I can teach you to see through the lies of the trickster. And I can even help you see things that are many, many miles away. So do you wish to learn these things? Yes. 
desperately. He says, come, sit with me for a while. And then he Do you have any wine? Says, I have no wine. <laughs> okay. But I do Never have mind. I had a game. I do have this pesh. And he offers okay, me a hookah. I guess it'll work. Alright. The way it works is you say something about me <laughs> and I tell you if you're right or wrong, then I say something about you. And the winner gets a prize. Do you? No, nah, th- no. I mean, I really need to learn. Okay, it's not really. Do you really wish to play like this game, or would you? I have a better. Yeah, I want to learn. I want to learn. It w- he says, I, I, "Don't worry about it." <laughs> he says, "So Aaron sits and partakes in the pesh." Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm just getting drunk. Uh, so, King of vices, Aaron. No, yeah. Aaron is just slowly becoming corrupted. Yeah. In so. Every way. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't like fuck you up or anything, but you are, <laughs> uh, you do feel kind of like, like you're vibing pillow I'm gets vibing. a little bit comfier. Uh, you just feel f- kind of fuzzy, very comfortable and pretty much, you know, brother Rowan's funnier than you thought he was, you know, like, an yes, he ago. is. <laughs> I, I really like his mask. Uh, yeah, his, his that's mask his real, is That's his wacky. real goal here, is so everyone will finally think he's funny. Yeah, yeah. Gets all these Very kids hooked insecure. on on Pesh just so they laugh at his jokes. Um, <laughs> but uh, he does kind of um, touch your forehead with his with his hand. That I mean, obviously he asks if you're okay with that. Um, I consent. But he touches your forehead with his hand, and then. He says, this will be easier. And he touches it and he kind of says an incantation. And then you look at him and it's like, obviously, like you're not seeing his mouth move or anything, but you hear his voice now inside your head. And you now are able to talk to him without moving your lips either. Holy crap. This stuff is really strong. <laughs> <laughs> says, says no, brother Aaron. This is not the pesh. This is the work of magic. magic that was my second guess. <laughs> magic <laughs> that helps you see and communicate beyond what is real. He says, now I can teach you. I can teach you many things, but I would like to start at the very beginning. You seek to see through lies and tricks. And I could teach you that, but it will take some time. But I will start you on something elementary that you can build off of. Now I told you that I am become somewhat of an expert on illusion. But I see that it takes a balance of the school of illusion and the school of divination. And by using both in tandem, one can tread the path of the illusionist and one of the truth seeker. And it takes both to see through the world's illusion. First, I will teach you not sight, but to hear 
truth. And he says, but it comes at a cost. And essentially at this point, uh, as per rules of the game, uh, I need Aaron to give up 16 gold worth of, of, um, of, of money, gold, of money, um, in order okay, to, mean. to learn from him. Oh man, I'm just getting taken advantage of again. It's like, are you idea serious? Into my head. He's like, oh, he's saving my money. And I just go. And I need 16 gold. I need 16 weeks worth of money. Well, the way I see this I, mechanically well, is not the guys like, hey, I need 16 gold to teach you this. It's more like 16 gold to do all the materials. And mm. it's yeah, it's all materials. It's not yeah. you're paying him at all. He's yeah, getting okay. nothing out of it. I I say um, so that I may grow any cost I can fulfill. Um, no need to see the gold or anything pass through. I uh, will say that's that's out of the realm of this, but uh, that was just for the rules of the game, the mechanics. But um, now I need Aaron to make an arcana check. Arcana check. Ooh. I got a 25. 25. Ooh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, the, all of the dumb mechanics are out of the way. What we see is Brother Rowan says, Aaron, close your eyes. I close them. Now, he says, utter these words. And then he says some words. I mutter them. Some arcane words. Um, And then he says, now, think of someone you know that is miles away. Okay. Someone you know personally. Someone, the, the stronger the connection, the better. My mother. Diana. Uh, you. The elf. You think and you feel like like it's just just whispers at that point. And he kind of senses that and he says, think of try someone closer, closer, maybe someone in Breach Hill. You're not quite ready for that distance. Kind of gives you a headache trying to like you're straining to get that far away. He says, this is an elementary trick. You will get there. You will get there. Okay. I think of Frizzigig. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is Frizzigig doing? Uh, what time of day is it again? Would you say? Um, it is. It is kind of afternoon at this point. So yeah, Aaron, you kind of like slowly drift away. You hear the weird like pen noises, but you're not able to pick up. You know, it's not not really too um, accurate. But uh, but now you kind of say Frizzigig, and now you're focusing on him. And what is Frizzigig doing? Uh, Frizzigig is... Well, I should say Frizzigig and Jeremiah are uh, playing a game with uh, the, the, the word pups. What they're doing is they're taking um, this uh, like ball 
and they're they're on opposite sides of a room at the um, at um, Wizard's Grace. No, what did we rename the Citadel again? Oh yeah, the breach. The breach. The breach. The breach. They're at the breach, and uh, they're in they're in a big room, and um, uh, so the, the the pups have to stand on like each like on opposite walls, right? So it's like a like a square room, and then and then Frisky and Jeremiah are on like the other two walls, and they're both across from each other, right? And so they take this ball, and they and they have to roll it on the ground to the other one as hard and as fast as they can, and then the pups starting at their walls have to like try and like run and catch it before it gets to the to, to Jeremiah. Frisky loves it and he thinks it's super funny and Jeremiah is like panicking. Because because <laughs> the ball gets really close to him by the dogs. time the pups get even like close to it. So it's almost just like mass collision. And Frisky <laughs> has caught on that and is intentionally throwing the ball slower and slower to try and find the right timing to where they all collide. Well oh my gosh. While this is happening, Aaron in your mind's eye, you're able to hear all of the barking and squabbling and Frizzigig yelling and Jeremiah squealing. And you hear this as if you were in the room with them. That's even louder. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and, yeah, get them. And with that, it kind of, um, Aaron, you kind of open, he's like, now open your eyes. And the spell kind of ends. Um, and Aaron now has successfully learned permanently the Claire audience spell. Ooh, Gosh. What? The so, sound plays the bam, bam, bam. from Pokemon. You yeah. know when you teach your yeah, Pokemon yeah, at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then about that. Brother Rowan says, he says, you may come again to me at another time and we can try this again and I may teach you a more developed use of this spell. But you, you learn rather quickly, Brother Aaron. Thank you, Brother Rowan. I appreciate your help. Of course. And do not worry. I know not of who you were trying to reach, but with my aid, I can help you reach that person one day. Thank you. I'll be going now, but I'll come back. He he nods and turns, and he just begins polishing the uh, ultra mythic rare Craigler card. <laughs> the hollow mythic rare. Just Claire Aaron's Craig eyes get huge looking at it. He's just like, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> it's the first time Aaron's thought about stealing. <laughs> and then Aaron leaves. Okay, and with that. Um, we are going to move, we're gonna pan, and kind of in Aaron's mind's eye, we're gonna pan back through, and we are going to go into the room of the breach, where Frizzigig, Jeremiah, and the ward puppies are playing, and we see um, Patricia gets the ball, and the two, pups which we say pups but they are fully grown wolves now they're the size of regular wolves and they're both uh, very aggressively playing over this ball and it bounces out the door and goes into the hall and we see them kind of rush out and as jeremiah and frizz 
collect themselves, they kind of are walking next to each other through the hall, kind of following the puppies as they uh, run down the hall. He says, man, Frizz, these these pups, they've gotten so big. It's only been like a month. Yeah, yeah, they go pretty fast. They're kind of in that, uh, uh, like, HD teen phase. Yeah, the other day, one of them, uh, yeah, let's say they're kind of like a head, so they can't see. Um, one of them, uh, told me to, to get out of their room, and they, like, are really pouty, <laughs> and, and it was, <laughs> it was just like you, like, five years ago. Because, <laughs> swore it was Jeremiah say that. It was crazy. Man, man, what are you gonna do? <laughs> he says, I- I'm sure they'll grow out of it, but how much long are you planning on keeping them? Keeping them? Well, I mean, I don't, I mean, I guess they, they live here, right? I, I don't really think I, I, I keep them. I, I, uh, I provide them with what was. Uh, unjustly taken from them, which is, I don't know, support. Yeah, that's true. I'm, uh, I'm a little just glad that you guys got this whole castle to yourselves. They were kind of outgrowing my room back at Dad's. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, uh, when we're you know gone, right? I mean, they can, they can take care of themselves. We got all the. Those other bubble brash are still around. They, you know, they made they made friends over there and stuff. But but uh, I, I I'd appreciate it if you came by as you know often as you could. And just make sure they're not. Uh, I don't know. You know, like I, just make sure they're okay. Yeah, man. Of course. Um, are are you guys planning on? Well. He kind of. Have you told? Have you told Jeremiah about anything, or is it that been a secret that we're leaving? Well, no, just about the ring. Does he know about? Ooh, that? Uh, maybe not about the ring. I think uh, he would have said like they're good. They're they're about to head off yeah, for a okay. bit. Okay. Um, and, and Jeremiah Jeremiah strikes me as the kind of person that you could say something like that and you just say, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, like he's not gonna. <laughs> exactly. He's not gonna cry. Totally. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Um, well, he, uh, you guys are kind of walking now through the halls and the, uh, the wargs have kind of like now, now you guys have walked through and you're kind of like out in the courtyard area, not another courtyard in the castle, but outside the castle. Uh, Mm -hmm. and they're kind of still like, like frolicking, playing with this ball, but it's cute to you guys. But when you're looking at them, it's like these, like crazy rabid ravenous uh just wargs just ripping each other like they're play fighting but it looks terrifying um but they're just playing with this ball and you guys are kind of chilling outside the castle um and you're just kind of admiring and at this point i mean it's been a month and all the repairs you guys have made like everything looks super nice and really there might be some kind of uh contractors still like walking around but all the interior is rebuilt and the, the stone walls have been rebuilt and patched and it's a real real castle now. Um, but yeah, Jeremiah kind of pipes up and says, uh, now that the castle's kind of done, are, are you guys still planning on shoving off for a bit? 
Yeah, yeah, uh... Yeah, I don't really know how long it's gonna... It's gonna take, but, uh... Oh, and we'll be gone for a bit. I, re I really don't know. It's weird. I've never, I've, I've never, you know, like, gone away, right? I've always had stuff tying me down, and I tried to get out a few times, and it never really happened. Now that I'm actually leaving, I don't know, it's we, you know, you know, it's weird. It's it's something that you, you mean to do, and then when it happens under weird circumstances, it, uh, it just, it's just, it's weird. Yeah, I, I kind of get what you mean, I... I've never, this is the farthest I've been from Breach Hill. If I take one more step, this is the <laughs> farthest. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so funny. Uh, but yeah, he, he understands, but yeah. well, I'll, I'll miss you. It's been, I knew you were heading out to be, you know, on your mission, but it was nice that you were here in Breach Hill for such a long time. Do you think you're going to find what you're looking for? out in the jungle it's a big question Jeremiah I I hope so yeah I really hope so I I, I don't know this is uh, the most unknown I think I have ever had it had headed into Well, you still got that good luck charm I gave you, right? Why do you think I'm still alive, Jeremiah? <laughs> it's because of this. He pulls it out and he holds it. Yeah. He says, this, this is lucky. I would be dead if it wasn't for, and he pulls him close and he grabs Jeremiah and says, Jeremiah, <laughs> if it wasn't for you, I would be a dead man. <laughs> he lets him go. He says, don't you ever forget that. He just laughs, but he, he he takes a compliment, but he's just like, ah, frizz, you're pulling my leg. Uh, but uh, <laughs> at this point, the uh, um, Patricia kind of um, comes up with the ball to frizzy gig. Mm -hmm. um, it's oh, uh, Lucy's the one that talks, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Patricia kind of comes up with the ball and kind of drops it at your feet. Mm-hmm. Frisgate picks it up and um Are they both over there? Or is it just uh, yeah, they're both kind of waiting. Yeah. And then Lucy's like Can you just throw the ball? You know Yeah, I okay, okay. Just I I, I just I wanna go over it again. I'm gonna go over the rules again. Just cause I don't know, it's kinda uncharted terror. Okay, so just not if, if if it's getting through, right? So like, you can have a few friends over, but no parties. Don't stay up too late, and 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 you know, you know what Jeremiah is. Yeah, I, uh, don't go too far. You 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 can go to town. That's okay. Just be safe. Be careful. Don't go. Don't go after the sun goes down. Uh, the, the bubble brasher. If anything you need, they got plenty of food. You know, uh, they they'll they'll hook you up and. Uh, and, uh, I, uh, I, I need Frizzigig to make a perception check. Perception check? Uh, yeah. 
Oh, let me get my dice so I need, out. Uh, then you get some battle music. Yet. I'm looking <laughs> <to> <laughs> down to roll the dice tonight. Frisky needs to roll initiative. Dice. To There's one. Roll the reflex save. What's your AC? <laughs> Wait, Chance, did you say to open roll 20? <laughs> That's a good roll. I need Frizzy Gig to open roll 20. Hey, nice. I got a 24. 24. Uh, I did a good one. You you uh, see Patricia and Lucy's ears perk up. Just like immediately perk up very, very like sharply. And you kind of like see in the corner of your eye and you look over really quickly. And barreling towards you at a fast pace, you see a fully grown warg with blood red eyes charging at you. And I need you to roll initiative. And I need you to what open the 20. All right, let me just oh get my all my gosh. dice out. What the hell? Wait, what is happening? Roll 20? And I need you to open roll 20. Just I want to check game. out. I'm yeah, going. I want to watch. I'm going to watch. Yeah. Oh my. Uh, is, is Frizzy Gig streaming? Can what I watch? I was not ready for this. Yeah, you really should tell us. If you... <laughs> <laughs> to the listener, to the listener, if this makes it into the cut, we literally just had a conversation about Chance telling us whether or not we needed roll twenty at the beginning of the session, and him surprising us with it. We, I had no idea this was coming. I'm, I'm kind of spooked here. So now I gotta go into my SoundCloud and get the battle music ready. Taking Matt's Frizzy Gig dead, Frizzy Gig lives. You guys are out in the courtyard. Not in the courtyard, yeah. but outside the front outside of the castle. Outside the front gates, yeah. All right. Roll for initiative, Frizz. Battle of the Breach. Is Jeremiah about to get an ass whooping? <laughs> Jeremiah's you look at the warg. Are you kidding me? Jeremiah's a higher level than Frizzy is. You look at the <laughs> warg, and what's that? Level 10. Jeremiah is in between his teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremiah has a pocket staff, which is right where Jeremiah wants to be. Jeremiah's about to pop off. It's when you least expect it. You mean his head's about to pop off? Yike. One yike for Jeremiah. What'd you get, Silas? <laughs> okay. Um, sorry. No, I was just making sure I had uh, like some stuff prepared in my blue sheet. So I can okay. He's um, got the critical munched. I got 25. Okay. Frizzy Gig has the initiative. And all you've seen so far is a barreling out of the woods. There is this ravenous, fully grown ward, uh, black fur, blood red eyes, and it's just eyes are trained right on you as it's just darting towards you with with violent intent. What do you do? Murderous intent. Murderous intent. There you go. Um I wanna I wanna look at uh Lucy and and Patricia are they in are they in battle mode or are they in uh, like view like you know yeah, what I mean like they, I'm trying to see they are yeah uh, Jeremiah immediately kind of gets behind you kind of cowers and both of the wargs are very much like more like scared than anything I mean they haven't you know the the last warg they saw was like their dad and he was scary you know so right. they they are all like all three of them are kind of like cowering behind you or kind of like nervous on edge yeah okay uh frisgig yes yeah, steps up to protect them uh steps up in front of them uh and um first uh um 
Yeah, he's gonna throw. He's just gonna do his go too. He's gonna throw some alchemist fire. Okay. Uh, twenty-five to hit. Twenty-five is a hit. Everybody, everybody, stay back. I'll, I'll, I'll chase him off. I just see Frizzy Geek like loading the shotgun and being like, "I'm just gonna chase him off." Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's. 15 fire damage and then three persistent. Okay. So boom, just a, a bomb just makes uh, makes contact with the with the ward and it's fur just boom, like, like furs on fire, big explosion, uh, still racing forward. And now, I mean, yeah, it's on fire, persistent fire damage, but it is still looking at Frizzigig barreling forward. I guess I'm gonna throw like an acid flask this time. 23 to hit. That's a hit. It's 2d6. Uh, okay. okay. And like one, and like two splash, and it's two splash damage. Okay. So, so it takes two now. So 19, and then it's got three, three fire, and then 2d6 persistent. Okay. Yeah. I like that it stacks. Um. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, different types. Um, blast action. Okay. It's going to look in his bag. And then he's gonna look at roll twenty. Frost file. He's gonna look back at his bag. Frost file. He wouldn't dare. <laughs> uh, Here comes the frost file. And I guess he's gonna throw another alchemist fire. Okay. Uh, nothing else to do here. Uh oh. It's like a twelve. Twelve is a miss. Yeah. Yeah, so it just jumps out of the way of that one, and, and now it's it a crit miss. It's, uh, it's not a crit miss. It knows what you're. It knows what it's dealing with, so it jumps it out of the way of the other. It takes four splash damage. Four splash damage. Okay. Eat it. Okay. Now it is the warg's turn. Oh no. And it is going to. Ooh. It runs up in in two uh, two actions, and as it's running up, and it says. Like, it like, kind of like howls and says, Finally, I found you, thief. Return my children. I and it is it. going to take a chomp oh, out of you. Is it mother? It's mama. And oh then you hear God. Lucy and Patricia say, Mom? Mom! And it's going to take a bite at Frizz. And that is going to be a 23 uh that is my ac okay and that is going to be 11 points of damage and then it gets a free grab Ooh. um which is only going to be an 11 athletics i think against your Against your fortitude, so I'm sure that's a fail. Um, I mean, yeah, my fortitude's a plus yeah. 10. So. Okay. So, yeah, that was its turn. It yells, uh, Thief, I finally found you. Um, return my children. And then it just runs up and chomps you and just, like, bites the hell out of your arm or something. Mm-hmm. And now it is for the geek's turn. Oh, and I need um, to make a reflex save for the um, DC 15... Uh, fail, so it takes three fire damage. And then DC 15, acid, 
Um, and that's a fail, so 2d6 acid, if you want to roll that. I mean, Jeez. not really, but I don't, I don't really want to roll it. Ugh, 10. 10? Yeah. Uh, at the end of its turn, it looks like uh, all of its fur is on fire and the acid. I mean, you see, like, bone and skin and from all the damage it's taken. It's Rizika's turn. Imagine how upset Chance would be right now if I had one shot it and we would have never known. Oh, <laughs> um, um, uh, Frizzy's gonna say, Whoa, 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 hey, 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 take it, take it, take it here. And then he, he's gonna, he's actually gonna try and give it an elixir of life. Hmm. Wow. Uh, give me, uh, give me a nature check or a diplomacy to like calm down at the work. Are those the only the only two choices? Yes. Maybe and, a crafting check. And uh, <laughs> well, I don't know how you're gonna feed it a potion if it's currently trying to bite it. If it's hostile, yeah. Um. Oh yeah. Dang, gosh, so she, uh, my see because my arm is in its mouth. Its arm, its mouth can't close all the way, so it's actually just really easy. Okay. Uh, I. It's I'll like let the, you do an like athletic check all over again. to basically like force force the one that was on against fire. Gee, uh, you're picking all Maybe the wrong a crafting ones, chance. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Can I still take that diplomacy? Yeah. A yeah. plus one's better than a plus zero. Okay. Here, we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. That's what I'm working with. He's just gonna say like, hey, well, nobody's trying to take anything. He's trying to show that he uh, means means no harm. Yeah, I'll give you I'll give you a bonus because you're kind of trying to give it a, a potion. Uh, so that's a yeah, 16 plus one is a 17. It's the third time I roll a 16. How does um? Describe what you're attempting to do. Uh, Frizzy is trying to just go into like he's just like, like, like just trying to prove that he that he means her no harm, and and is just saying uh, like I don't know he's trying trying to make himself an ally rather than an enemy, like showing mm-hmm. that like there's no there is no need to fight here. No one has to get hurt. He's trying to get the elixir of life because that also will like stop the persistent damage, right? Yeah. Magical healing does. Yeah. yeah. Magical healing. Yeah. So he's trying to stop that uh, as, as quick as he can and, and and help her feel better. And then also just to say like, I like whoa, I I, I understand. I don't want to hurt you. I'm not your enemy. Okay. Um. You successfully. Or your words have an impact, and it's you see an her miracle. take a step back, Jeez. and she's still kind of growling and snarling, but seeing as how she's on fire and on the verge of death at two HP, oh. she, is going, she is going to accept your potion. On, right, on, um, on, like she's very mad about it. But she accepts it. Yeah. She kind of like takes the potion. Not however, however we want to say she does that, but she <laughs> essentially like drinks it, uh, laps it up off the ground or something, and you see the fire goes out, the acid goes out, but obviously her, her, I mean she's like wrecked, like fur wise, but this big, I mean also Frizzy Gig's like what three feet tall, and this thing's like 
Yeah. Seven foot tall. Horrible. Not seven. Not seven foot tall, but it's it's like long. Yeah, if it's it huge. Seen a bunch five foot tall. Legs, yeah. yeah. And it's just towering over you and Jeremiah and the wolves, and it's just kind of like breathing like haggard breaths. It says, it "says you've taken my my daughters from me. I've come back for them." Okay, well, let's be very clear. Nobody took anything from anyone. They were here alone, and I made sure they didn't die on their own in the cold. I see. She kind of looks at the the castle, and she says, This was a different place when I was here with that other bastard kind of referencing her mate. Yeah, he sucked. We can agree on that one. He was pretty, he was, he, he was dirt, he was dirtbag. <laughs> you know him? Uh-oh. What's going on here? <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he, he tried to corner me and my friends and, uh, well, it wasn't a fun time. Where is he? I've come for revenge. He's gone. Gone where? Sorry, he's, uh, he has left this life. After he attacked me, got me off on the wrong foot. I either had to stay or die or run away. Leave my children to whatever evil he would have done to them. I take it that you killed him? My friend did, yes. Good. Now, my daughters, it says come. We will leave this place. I will spare your life, goblin. All right. <laughs> For sparing theirs. But I'm taking my daughters. Well, I mean, they're not anybody's to take. You can't just take a person. They make their own choices, all right? She, like, growls, like a deep growl. It says, I will spare your life. But if you keep running your mouth... I will go back on my word. Now come, and she kind of like, kind of like, just to kind of walk, take a few steps. And uh, Lucy and Patricia are just kind of like, looking back and forth at you and and their mom, not knowing really um, what to do. He, he turns to Lucy and Patricia. He sighs, he says, look, if you want my opinion, on the whole thing, I would tell you to stay here. Well, you'd be safe and you'd be provided for and for as long as you could ever hope to be. But I have been in a situation where I wanted to leave something comfortable to do what I thought was right. And, uh, I met a lot of backlash for it, 
and I grew to not, uh, I mean, resent's a strong word, but it's pretty close. Uh, I grew to, to kind of resent some people for it, and uh, that is a wound that may never heal. So, I'm not going to tell you what to do. It's not my place, and I understand that, and uh, I don't know. I think I, I think you know what I think you should do and what I want you to do, and, uh, and but all I hope for the two of you is that you are safe and that you feel And that uh, you make uh, choices that you will not regret. And I say that. Uh, also, uh, saying that whatever choice you make, you are always welcome here. And that will never change. The warg speaks up and says, Do not let this goblin meddle your mind young ones you are wargs not these domesticated dogs that they wish you to be <laughs> these people will always look at you like a monster because of who we are we are monsters and you are my children before you are anyone else's friends. Now come. Obey, mother, and come with me. And how this is going to play out, Silas, is I'm going to roll an intimidate check, and you're going to roll a diplomacy check, and that's going to, that's going to be. Gosh, are you kidding oh me? My that's going to be what it's oh. going to be. Oh, oh my god! No, have I have a plus one to diplomacy. Oh. oh. Okay, from okay, afar, okay, okay, blesses. okay, okay, okay. Are we also factoring in the fact that she abandoned them and that Frisgig took care of them, right? Like, there's got to be some sort of a... I will give you... I'll give you this. I'll give you a plus five for your time, your month with them. to your diplomacy. Because obviously you've been super good to them. And a great and speech. I'll give you a plus five. So total you have a plus six. And her okay. intimidate check is also plus six. So I will even the playing field when this comes down to basically a flat check. And I need you to beat my die roll. And I'm going to roll in three, two, one. What'd you get? 16. I got a natural three. Oh my gosh. And at this... And your yes. words, Lucy and Patricia kind of take a step back from their mom. And then her mom like howls, like or he just shakes your whole chest, like terrifies you. This is how much volume could come from one like creature. And it snarls. It says, you are not my children. I don't know why I came back from this point on. You are not my children, but mock my words, goblin. I will be back. And you will rue the day that you took my children from me. And she like runs slash hobbles like towards the tree line, runs away. 
Yeah, yeah. Who will be your children anyway? You smell bad. And your and 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 your your words oh. are mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Lucy and Patricia kind of like come over and kind of like nuzzle like your like I guess your like head. They're pretty tall. My entire body, because yeah. that is that um, is the size of their nose. <laughs> uh, Jeremiah kind of puts a hand on your shoulder, um, and they. Um, Patricia kind of looks up and is like thanks Frizz hey 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 look at me both of you I'll always look out for you always so you don't gotta worry about nothing you just you, know, you hang out here we'll, uh, we'll play this ball game we'll make Jeremiah panic sometimes We'll just have a good time. Let's go inside. Let's let's go inside and find some food. And we watch as they kind of go inside and find some food as we're going to pan back down the hill towards the town Chance, I of Breach I had this glass next to me. I, I was probably going to shatter that on my floor if I, <laughs> if, if I did not win that roll. <laughs> I rolled a 10 in the middle. Oh. I was, ugh. Ugh, it's stressful. Man. Like two two thoughts though. One is like, yay! I'm so happy that Frizz won. I yeah. think the speech was so freaking good. And then two, it's just sad to see Mom not get her kids. You know, but it's like she is like you know. Yeah. It helps that she's like you're all monsters. We're she's all monsters. Easy. She's a piece of crap. But like it's still like yeah. it's heavy either way. Like it's like oh like. But I would have blown my um, brains out if Frizz didn't get. And I, I will, I will for the speech so and for the success. Uh, I will mm-hmm. give Frizzy a hero point. Mm-hmm. Well earned yeah. hero point yes. to Frizzy Gig. Big, big cheer. And that's crazy. Oh wait, never mind. We got it. We gained one. There we go. No, we gained one. <laughs> there we go. It is now sunset, and we head to a small, stuffy facility just across the fence from the Breach Hill Town Hall place we have not gone before and we head into the small little uh small little building and it is labeled the breach hill archives there we pan through this small really it's like a small library but also government building Uh, there's books and law uh history books lining bookcases and little desks here and there all crammed together and we see um <clears throat> snoozing over in the corner is a is a half orc uh well dressed uh, has some spectacles uh and he is snoozing at his desk and we see along his desk there's a little nameplate that says your old black tusk uh but we pan past this sleepy librarian and we find in the dark corner of the room Lit by a candle, we see Greta Gardania with a big stack of books and papers. And walking in is Hercule Short, who looks a little confused to be there. Um, hello, Greta. Good to see you again. I um, I just went ahead and walked in. Is that all right? The man out front seemed to be uh, busy. Ah. Uh, Yes, uh, Mr. Short, please, please come here. 
Um, yes, uh, Mr. Black Tuska usually, he works very long hours, you see. Um, he does, he does quite a good job, though. And she kind of, like, looks around. He says he actually, um, he actually cares a lot about the, the history of, of Breach Hill almost as much as I do. And he's done quite a, a, a good job cataloging all of, all of the info that we have here through the years. Uh, but, but that is neither here nor there. Um, please come sit. I, I need to speak with you about something. Yeah, no, of, of, of course. I pull up his chair next to him. Um, she kind of looks both ways, and you guys are in this room, uh, this building by yourselves. I would like to apologize for the way that I handled myself a few weeks ago at the at Caden's keg. Um, I should not have tried to destroy your apartment. Um, but you do understand what what you found, what that could do to this town, do you not? I wouldn't have come to you if I didn't want you to know first. I more than anything trusted you to work through it and maybe work with me to figure out what to do with it. So yes, I understand. Well, ever since that night, I've I've been struggling with what it could possibly mean and for possibly could damage my family name, which we hell it could it, it could they could ruin this town. If it was built on something, something treacherous or or really any anything other than what we've believed, we almost it could, it could it could make everything not true, and that would mean horrible things for the the morale of this town. And it is my job as council president in my first term. It is my job to make sure the morale of this town is is up and and everyone is happy and everything goes smoothly. Now, like I said, I've I've been struggling with this and. Well, here. And she kind of, like, shows you all the books. She says, I wanted not to believe that this, this this could be true. I looked everything, I looked everything up, everything that could possibly have led to that parchment that you found. Anything mentioning Paragon or the Golden Contract or anything like that. And I searched and I searched and I, I didn't find anything. Not until last night. She says, come with me. She kind of stands up and kind of like starts walking toward another dark area of the of the building. Oh, gracious. Where are we going? Follow behind her. Um, she kind of leads you past some bookcases. Uh, and then you get to an area where you've kind of passed the books and parchment. And now you're at artifacts. And it's, you know, like... Lamin breached in's hairbrush. <laughs> I like Lamin breached in's like clothes and like there's like little sure. little Lamin breached in um, like puppets that like a kid had made from like a hundred years ago. Like any any kind of like artifact of this guy and it's it's you know they put it up and it's like a 
like kids would do like research projects on him, you know, things like that. And Mm -hmm. also just like of the town and you, you pass by, um, you actually pass by a wall of, of pictures of past hero groups, parties that have come through, which is like kind of like a historical area, but artifacts. Mm -hmm. Um, you even notice, uh, you pass by one and there are nine, uh, heroes in a party and you see Tiberius. There he is. Um, but keep going on and, and you do also pass one that there's a lone hero and it looks very much like Frizzigig. It's Kim Gash. It's Kim Gash. It's labeled it's Kim Gash. Oh, the man himself. Oh, it's so cool. But she, but she leads you past all of this into, you see a door, like a cupboard, and she kind of pulls out a key. And she unlocks it. And you, you walk in, candling a candlestick, and you see it's a, a big storage closet of just junk, odds and ends. Um, perhaps artifacts that haven't been sorted yet or things that just aren't worth putting out in glass cases. And she kind of walks you over and she kind of pulls back uh, she pulls back like a piece of black cloth that she's kind of maybe thrown over and she bends down to show to, to shed the light of the candle hole she's holding and you see there is a stone a marble stone slab maybe about a foot by like two feet it's been broken and broken in half, kind of in pieces. But you see the pieces have kind of been aligned and it makes out one single word. And it says Paragon. And Greta says, I I, I felt so good about it. I, I, I could finally put it out of my mind, but I knew there was one place that I haven't looked and it is here that I found it, this damning piece of evidence that uh, there is truth to that parchment you showed me, Mr. Short. Is it like a like a gravestone or a what is it like? It it looks like it once belonged to like a like a building or like, okay. It's like a marble okay. like. It's been broken off like I a like chip chunk away. of chunk of some yeah but it looks like it's even been like smashed but yeah okay but they pieced, um, pieced it together yeah but she says I don't know what it means you assume a cult but it, 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 it could not mean something as treacherous as that but Something is not right about this. And whether you see this as some cruel backstory to this town that that that, that that lives on a lie, I I need to figure this out to clear Lamon Breachton's good name. I know he wasn't some evil manipulator. There's there's there has to be something good at the end of this trail. I have a few questions, which I'm 
thank you, I guess, for sharing this with me, uh, for trusting me with this information. Um, you, you've lived here most, if not all, your life. Is there any any current building that, that this may have come off of? Is, I mean, you know this town better than anyone. No. No, it's it's the oddest thing. This this doesn't match anything. There's, I can't think of a single marble building here. And I would know, Strange. Of course. It, Greta, I don't... I, I, I want you to know that I don't... We don't think that this is some damning piece of evidence towards you or towards the town. I think... I think if I'll give you any advice is the pursuit of truth is always important. Your job is, as the council president um, is to decipher and choose what to do with the truth that you find. If there is good at the end of this tunnel, then you could be the president that shared the good, the truth of the town. And if there's evil, I caution you, for I myself have kept secrets, and it's, it tends to either come out or haunt you for the rest of your days. So I, I apologize. I'm so sorry that this burden is on you. Is there anyone else that knows? No. No, it is just, just me and and your party. I would assume, and and I'd like it kept that way until I can find out more. Of course. Do you have any other leads? I'm afraid not. This is the last place I could have looked, and well, I wish it wasn't here. But I don't have much more to go off of. But my ears are are pricked, and I'm. I'm waiting for anything else to show up. Sure. S since I um, since I have you here, I I did want to say um, no worries about the night that we had and you burning the parchment. I, I tend to be reactionary myself. I lash out um, and regret things later. So apology accepted and, and really no worries. Um, I can keep this between us for now. I don't I don't mind it can be it can be between you and I. Um it, me and my my group we're we're going to be out of town. So I don't know for how long but we're actually heading out here shortly in the next day or so. Um so you don't expect us at the next call of heroes but if there's as soon as we come back I'll I'll find you and and hopefully we'll have an update on what's going on. And if there's anything I can do to help, I'm more than happy to be here for you. I see. Well, thank you, Mr. Short. Um, yes, I appreciate your kind words. Um, and, and yes, um, don't worry. Uh, I, I think Smash and the boys plan to stay here for a while, so I think we'll be quite fine if anything troublesome comes the way of breaching. Yeah, if any petty problems come up, you know, they can, uh, they can, they can, they can sweep the street. <laughs> Better hope nothing um, real happens, though, because they're gonna be worthless. <laughs> they suck. 
and she says, um, and we will. Um, I've heard from Warble that your your father's in good health, and yes, that will be. He'll be fine, and look after him, and and again, we. I can't thank you enough for for your your business venture or whatever you would um, like to call it, but <laughs> the the. Th- your fight night on the hill um, it, it did bring in some revenue and we did get to quite a bit of tourism from that so um, you all lot have, have done a great deal of good for for us here in Breach Hill and you have my thanks and do me a favor and and make sure you you return um, too many heroes and she kind of looks at the wall of, of heroes for the past like 150 years she says too many heroes such as yourselves take to the road and never find their way back here so look after yourself Mr. Short maybe I'll see you at the next call of heroes one thing before I go Greta And I don't know if you have an answer for it, but I feel like, you know, we've... Where is it we're sharing? Do you ever struggle to feel like you're moving the right direction with your life? That you're doing the right thing? I suppose um. I I, f- I feel very confident in, in where I'm at in my life. Being council president is the one thing I've looked looked forward to in my my 34 winters on this earth. Um but now I I guess I suppose I this is not what I foresaw my first term looking like. So yes, I I guess I am just hoping I'm on the right path. I guess all that's... I guess that's all we can do. Well, thank you again. And for what it's worth, I think you're doing a smashing job. I make my way out unless she wants to say something. (laughs) She she smiles and uh, she holds out her hand in a business-like uh, manner, in good faith to shake yours. Absolutely, absolutely, I shake her hand. Says I think you're doing a a great job as well. And with that, we're going to follow Urkel out of the Breach Hill archives and up the hill through the castle and down the stairs Urkel heads to his room in the castle we're going to pass by his room and we're going to fade over into Caleri's room the camera pans over Caleri's shoulder and zooms in on the word she- I'm just giving that <laughs> chance but anyway uh, take it away Ooh. we kind of peer into Calaria's head and you get one of those inner monologue moments um, as she's writing furiously trying to record 
Oh, it's it's her like it's her big journal where she's like, if I die, I'm gonna pass this off. Oh right? man. Mm-hmm. It's her it's her journal uh, that she's kept as a record of everything she's seen and knows, but is also um, something she keeps to have some sort of connection with her parents. And in the journal, um, she writes, Real day, Rova 18, 4719 AR. Mother, father, Osiyosu, I have much to tell you. We watch as Kaleri grabs her greatsword and sheaths it. We watch as she puts on her split mail. She puts rations in her backpack, water, tools, potions, rope. And she fully gets into her adventuring gear. And she walks out the door. Adoe Rori. Much has happened since I traveled away from our home. I found the trails of the great darkness. Of the dark one. Then we see Urkel. Buttoning his coat. Wrapping his hand wraps. Polishing his sword cane. Running his fingers through his hair. He sighs a sigh of relief as he hoists onto his backpack with all of his adventuring gear and walks out of his bedroom. Not to worry, I've, I've found good friends, close friends. I truly believe Karafis led me to them. I fight for them and they for me. For the impan to Frizzigig as he stuffs as many alchemical vials and glassware into both of his bulging satchels. On his shoulder, we see Guppy uh, frantically looking over his shoulder and critiquing him. He grabs an anvil and Bunsen burner and everything he can think of, tucks it away, and walks the chairman through the door of his bedroom. We've found evidence of foreign beasts here in the north. Those of our homeland, the, the great expanse. We see Aaron pouring over scrolls and scrolls, organizing them. We watch as he puts each wand into his mechanical wand holder made by Frizzigig, putting each wand at the exact spot where it belongs. Watch as he gathers his things, all of his arcane trinkets and books and texts. He hoists his backpack onto his back and heads out the door. Ein and Thor. We fought them off. They call themselves followers of the great darkness. They bear a similar mark to the curse branded onto my face. The mark that constantly reminds me of my goal. We watch as the four adventurers 
meet to the center hall and lock eyes. They chat and joke as they head towards the big door at the bottom of the stairs. Aaron shows the holy symbol of Alceta, and the door opens, and they pass through mysterious portal. They are the Fia Tharnave, the Cinderclaw, this Keche Maskanam. A mysterious group controlling them through the shadows has made themselves known. Through a set of odd experiences, we came to believe one of our own dead. Thankfully, he lived on. Our quest for vengeance led us to find where these beasts are coming from. They enter Alceta's ring. They look around as the five elf gates look down on them. They appear at the six elven goddesses who stare into them. And then waiting for them by hunter gate is Renale, also packed away with a backpack made of spider webs and her adventuring gear as she nods. They came to this land through the great doorway, the gate you live to protect Osi. The Hunter Gate, Haralof. We've prevented great evil from occurring at the present, but we are still working to stop the evil from coming any further. We've seen evidence of Arnavae here. Dragonfire filling the catacombs, housing the great doorway. We are going back to our homeland, Erendor, to find our next step. A step closer to once again stopping, imprisoning the great darkness. One day, maybe forever. We watch as the party of five collect themselves in front of Hunter Gate. We see Aaron mutter a few last words and we see the blue arcane tether has now been realigned, although we notice flecks of a mysterious dark red material poking out beneath the light blue arcane tethers. He connects the last one and mutters a few words and we see Hunter Gate begin to hum with arcane power like the other five. Its runes of jungle fauna and other images of Ketiphus start to pulse with energy. None of us truly know what's coming next once we proceed through the doorway. And I especially do not know what to expect when I return home. I, I've been away for, for so long. I've forsaken my people in order to attempt to save the world. They, they may hate me or consider me an outsider. I, I don't know. Please watch over me. Finally, we watch as Clary pulls out the symbol the, the sacred runestone that her mother once held 
She pulls it out and places it into Hunter Gate. We hear a locking sound and we see a gold and silver mist begin to glow and emit from the rim of Hunter Gate. And we see the mist covers the inner portion in a spiral and a portal is opened. Well, see, I've received the trinket you held for so long. The signet you attached to your quiver. It brings me strength and hope. Osu, I've dreamed of traveling the great expanse, Marenthor, with you and Akere. I... I... Forgive me, I still have not found him. I don't even know if he's alive, but I still have hope. Bring me peace and guide my steps. Viana soon, Kalere. Until next time. Kalere retrieves the keystone, and the adventurers turn and look at each other before taking their steps into the gate. Oh, man. Damn, son. That was so cool. (laughs) That was so cool. But we're not done. (gasps) Holy. Because now, (laughs) the mists of the magical portal fade as the five adventurers enter a 20-foot-wide passageway in 100-degree heat that stretches off into the distance. The walls of the tunnel seem to be made of hardened lava, long ago scorched and melted. Tiny cracks and fissures line the walls within, which an orange glow flickers, giving the tunnel a soft, fiery illumination of pulsing bursts of heat. The gold and silver mist of the portal behind them glows, while a similar, faint glow beckons them about a hundred feet ahead. The air is uncomfortably warm and smells of acrid smoke. What do you guys do? Oh my gosh. gosh. (laughs) Just in a it's like a halfway. Like a, a cave that is just molten. Yeah. And is wow. there a portal at the end of the walkway? Is that what you said? It's like a, a hallway of portal? You uh, you you see the gold and silver mist you just walked through. And that's like behind you. And then you see gold and silver mist 100 feet ahead of you. Like okay. You. Yeah. So you'd imagine so it's like you're a tunnel. in this halfway, yeah. halfway tunnel. Oh, but the so walls sick. all around you, you feel like you're inside of a volcano. And there's just hardened lava and heat and fire. And... Are we oh. sure this is the right way? Are we sure we're doing this, right? We're all doing this. Frisky runs a cannibal. This is, this is it. My people trapped the great darkness. Sayadi Dahek. The projection through this portal. He struggled. He fought. This is definitely the way. 
to where we need to go. Look, go, go! <laughs> As you guys make your way, kind of hurriedly through the tunnel, there, the tunnel itself just begins to shake and rumble. Blasts of fire and smoke pour out of the tunnel walls to coalesce into the burning form of an immense creature behind you. Clary, no check is necessary for you to realize that this is not just the form of an immense creature, but a dragon. The dragon from all of the horrible stories you heard from your village storyteller. You see before you the great darkness, the god of chromatic dragons, Dahak himself. And that's the end of episode 30. Oh, no, 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 no. Chance, what What? the hell? Chance, you can't end it there. Chance. No, no, no. Chance. 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 So I'm sorry, I was phasing in and out. Is he behind us or in front of us? Oh, no. We can't go home. The door is...